let's let's start with like some background on each of the two of you. Just kind of like explain like how you got into crypto and and like why you chose Solana of uh, of all things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Mac and I, both of our backgrounds are in finance and tech. Um, I started at, at Goldman, uh, Max started at Morgan. So we, we, we were both in like high finance, right? Saw like the massive machine that, you know, was moving and swallowing a lot of, of talent, a lot of operations, uh, saw a lot of opportunities to improve, obviously, uh, moved to tech, right? Uh, both of us at this point, serial entrepreneurs, we've worked across like a number of like tech verticals. Um, I think crypto for me, uh, the, the story really starts like 2017. Um, I had like played around with crypto before I hadn't really read any technical documentation. I was in San Francisco, I'm working at Uber. Uh, I had just come off of like my, you know, my finance stint, right. I had started in tech, uh, and uh, I was really interested in like non-financial technology. Like I was just kind of burned out on finance, wanted to like move away from it uh, and got like reintroduced to Bitcoin, um, had known about it as a concept, but was introduced for the first time uh, in like a technical perspective, uh, ended up like, I remember the day I came home, started reading about it. You know, one of my coworkers was like, you should check it out. You should like really kind of get into it. And like four hours later, I'm like curled up. I, I was living in a 325 square foot studio at the time, like absolutely broke, moved to San Francisco with like no money, trying to break into an industry. Uh, and I'm curled up on my futon because we, we used to sleep on this futon because you could like fold it up, have a little more space in the apartment, right? And it's been like four hours. I haven't had any water. I haven't eaten it. And I'm just deep in technical architecture. Um, you know, I think that the first thing that really stood out to me was just like the intellectual stimulation, right? Like this is very cool technology. Uh, and, you know, coming with like a, like an engineering background, like just captured me, uh, what would end up, you know, being six years now really turned into evaluating first the like conceptual opportunities for that technology to improve the world around us. And then like an understanding that the, the tech industry as a whole was evolving in this direction, right? So by the time we got to 2021, when Margin really started, you know, coming together in concept, uh, I was selling uh, the last company that I worked on, which was a logistics software company. Uh, I'll let Mac tell his backstory, but Mac was selling a company at around the same time. Uh, we both saw a similar opportunity in DeFi and identified Solana as the right infrastructure and the right ecosystem to build in. Uh, found each other through a mutual friend, and you know, never looked back. Yeah, sweet. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, sort of similar uh, with with Bitcoin in particular. I, I was, I, uh, I I feel like a lot of people say this, but it's it's very true with me. I've been I was tracking Bitcoin since like the very start. Um, Bitcoin is actually like one of the, uh, so, uh, I remember like looking at early Bitcoin, wanting to buy two of them. Uh, and I was like a young kid, basically. I was, I was not able to make investment decisions, uh, at this point. That was the only investment my parents actually initially refused from me. Wanted to buy, it was at like, uh, around like $180 at that time for, for Bitcoin. I wanted, I wanted to buy two. You can imagine Max like 11 years old, yeah, right? No, really. Like, and Apple and Tesla and yeah. Bitcoin. Go away. That's not real. Yeah. 
yeah. I, yeah. I had similar thoughts growing like, up, except I was like rocking a, a Bitcoin miner on a laptop back in the day when you could still do that. And like I okay. mined a couple and, uh, you know, yeah. lost that laptop. So I hate myself for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, funny enough, like soon after uh, I started like managing a fund individually. And so I, w I had kind of full, um, I did that for three, four years. So I, I was able to invest in whatever I wanted. Um, and, uh, and, and that was great. That, that taught me a lot. Um, uh, and we made LPs money and then, um, then yeah, I, I went, I went up to school in Boston, uh, like, uh, helped out Morgan Stanley with, uh, institutional consulting initiative, helped out a private equity firm with, uh, some of the companies they were working with, um, and then started a health tech company, uh, uh, we quickly grew that to 20 countries, um, kind of interfaced with every sort of wearable app device you used across mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and aggregated it to one place and allowed you to like seamlessly connect with anyone else. Uh, so kind of like removed all the blockers. It, it's, just, it's essentially like, um, funny enough, it's like a, so we are, our, our, our original product was this prime brokerage model for for DeFi, where there's a bunch of different DEXs that do a bunch of different things. And it's really hard to, to move across them. This was like the same thing, but for instead of, you know, different DEXs, it was like an Apple Watch and a Garmin and like your Peloton and actually riding a bike. Uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I, I started the sales process for that about a year after, um, about a year after we started it. Uh, and then selling a company is like, magnitudes harder than than starting a company so that was like a long extended talk um lots of back and forth and then that finally closed uh and then yeah that, that was you know around the time during the sales process was around the time uh edgar and i met up in miami uh and uh and then yeah that kicked off that kicked off margin by awesome i i'd love to hear more about like that that point right like what was the vision you both shared and also i mean maybe as like a follow-on question to that you mentioned that you sort of specifically chose solana as like that you know that's the right ecosystem it has the right infrastructure for what we want to build i'd love to hear more about the the why there as well yeah yeah for sure and i think you know, we'll, we'll start at the beginning, but it's, it's interesting to have been, you know, deeply integrated in this space for a couple of years, right. And to see the challenges that like crypto DeFi and Solana have had going forward. Um, you know, definitely want to talk about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was like the beginning? So, you know, from, from my perspective, like I'm like selling this other company. Um, I know I want to get into crypto just given my background, I, I'm pretty sure I want to be like working in DeFi, right? Um, I'd like spend some time with like NFTs. This was like a rat, like a little bit before Candy Machine, like V1 was coming out, right? Um, there was like this like Early wild days. concept kind of brewing in the in the rumors. Yeah, um, close friend of mine, Barrett, uh, who is the founder of Cipher, uh, a, a, a perps uh, protocol on Solana. Um, he had already been building Cipher, so he was like timeline wise, like a little bit ahead of me, um, we're old friends, right? Uh, we had kind of been close in industry, uh, you know, throughout our entire adult lives, met each other in college way back when, 
you know, he goes, Hey, like these ideas that you have around like crypto and DeFi should really check out Solana. Like it's really kind of blowing up. Um, so I, you know, I'd gotten in, I'd played a little around with NFTs, played a little around with DeFi. I said, okay, you know, DeFi makes sense. Uh, from there, it became like an observational exercise, right? Looking at, okay, what is going on in the space? Uh, in particular, what are the problems that are relevant to solve like right now? Right. Um, funny enough, like Mac mentioned, his last company was focused on integration. Uh, both Mac and I's background is like centered around this like obsession with integration. Um, because integration is a concept. I mean, it's applicable in lots of places, right? And you deal with kind of the same high level concepts. There's some benefit to bring things together and there's some risk, right? And you need to manage the risk to get the benefit. Uh, and so, you know, I'm seeing all of these DEXs popping up, right? Derivatives in particular in DeFi absolutely blowing up. I'm starting to think about capital efficiency solutions. I hit up a guy named Ami, uh, who's based in New York. Super connector, uh, absolutely somebody you need to know in the industry if you don't, right? Um, he probably knows you, even if you don't know him. And I tell Ami, I go, uh, I want to talk to the smartest person you know that can't stop talking about DeFi because I'm looking to start something with someone and like, you know, who you got, right? Uh, we were going down to Miami. I don't even remember the conference. Maybe you do, Mac. Bitcoin uh, Miami or something like, or no, it was Art Basel, Art Basel. It was Art Basel. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause it was like a little bit later in the year. Yeah. And Ami goes, Hey, you should meet this guy, Mac. Right. Uh, and yeah, we met up, you know, I remember walking into the apartment, there was this golden glow, you know, falling down on Mac from the Miami sun. And you know, he's <laughs> in his glasses. He looks up at me just like, full of vision and opportunity. And I said, this is the guy, you know, it was love at first sight. So <laughs> that's just a revelatory um, moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, and I'll let you jump in here, Mac, but I, I think really what like, what, what aligned us, what like locked us in, right. As we talked that week, um, is, uh, the same thing that we talk to like new hires about now, the way we think about like building a team, right. There's really like the two most important things for alignment are one, like, you're interested in the problems that are in front of you to solve, right? They're hard and fun and that excites you. And then two, from an organizational perspective, there's cultural alignment. You like the way that we do things, right? We, we think about doing things in the same ways. Uh, and we have, we have some pretty strong cultural pillars that we've built our organization around. Mac and I like really aligned on both of those things and I think aligned on how important both those things were for us. Uh, and that was really a stronger bond than anything else, right? Because like the, the specific problem, the specific ideas, like people always talk about ideas with startups, right? I think ideas are, uh, they're third. They're definitely not the most important uh, because ideas will change, problems will change, especially in an industry like this, there's so much uncertainty, right? Um, we found it really important to like find people that see the world similarly, that want to affect the world similarly and, uh, you know, starting there. And then you have this natural alignment around like problems you think are valuable, the solutions you want to implement. Nice. So, so, so you guys got talking and it sounds like the, the prime brokerage piece you were talking about before that was, that was kind of the, the first product, if you will, that, that or yep. service that you provided was that, 
And now is that something you still do or, or is margin land kind of where you're at now? Yeah. Uh, the, the primary focus today. Yeah. So, uh, the, the prime brokerage, uh, model, um, that was, uh, that still is that no one else has ever successfully incorporated universal margin across perpetuals across different DEXs in crypto. So that was a first when it came out, that was a huge win. Like for the first time ever traders had, uh, unified liquidity, unified risk and unified, uh, a unified trading in, 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 interface when they were moving across a variety of different DEXs. Um, and that was enabled by having a, a variety of different DEXs that traders wanted to trade across, uh, with proper liquidity. So like a, a good example is, um, uh, like we didn't even have an interface traders were plugging in algorithmically. It was a more sophisticated trader class. They were arbitraging like perps between drift and mango, for example, and then perhaps like also hedging on Binance or Bybit, etc. Uh, and we would recognize those positions on drift and mango so that they could collateralize them and borrow against them instead of like from, you know, isolated places where the liquidity is fragmented across a variety of different DEXs. Uh, so really, um, when it comes to derivatives and, you know, this under collateralized lending pursuit, uh, for teams on chain, um, really across like Ethereum, Polkadot, Cosmos, whatever, uh, we, we kind of pioneered that and we're, we're pretty proud about that. After the FTX implosion, a lot of these DEXs, uh, paused, went offline, uh, liquidity shrunk really quickly. And so the traders using our product, like no longer, there was no longer the capacity to perform the same strategies across the decks as we connected. And so when that happened, we're like, okay, you know, this is, it's going to take a while for these decks to pick back up liquidity, volume, et cetera. Um, it's not going to be overnight. Uh, but you know, as a team, we always push product velocity. Uh, we want to move fast. Um, and and this actually just like presented us an opportunity to say, okay, at the heart of this prime brokerage model is a borrow lend. Uh, right now we're just supporting USDC. We could expand the assets we're supporting. So now we can support Solana, you know, USDT, uh, 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 like LSDs on Solana, et cetera. And we can also deepen liquidity around them. And, and in the meantime, you know, Solana needs a borrow lend. Uh, so we can be this over collateralized borrow lend piece. Uh, that this like bottom layer of liquidity for Solana DeFi. And that's, that's like quickly what we did. Uh, like this year we, we became in many ways, the default borrow lend on Solana. We're the most liquid place for a variety of assets. Um, we've been consistently the fastest growing DeFi app on Solana from a TVL perspective, uh, really high, you know, daily active users, uh, really great borrows, really great rates, uh, really good experience altogether. Um, and we're putting that foundation in place so that as, you know, drift picks up more volume and as like cypher picks up more volume, uh, as Zeta V2 like comes out, will be that, uh, that center liquidity point where traders can then come in through margin by and trade across the, the venues that they, they want to access and have this under collateralized universal margin experience again. Got it. So less, less of, um, building out, you know, margin lend the way that it exists today, which, which it sounds like is not actually, Hey, we created something that we didn't already have. It was, let's open up something that we already had to create, um, for our, the prime brokerage model we have, let's open yeah. that up a little bit. Let's make it a little bit more, um, user-friendly for sort of all, all DGENs as opposed to just like yeah. 
these these very high sophisticated trader types yeah. uh is that is that kind of track yeah 100%. um yeah and and then um it, it sounds like that was less of uh a we're pivoting away from something and more of a this is on pause just because of the nature of of the ecosystem and you know right now and so we know we want to build out this thing anyway let's let's focus on this in the interim and then we plan to bring it all together down the road yep yeah i I think just one quick point with that is when you're building products that are dominated by finance like we're, we're building financial primitives essentially uh, you need to be very sensitive to the stage we're at in the market cycle. And so uh, that's just something we're, we're sensitive to. We're at a stage in the market cycle where those sophisticated traders that were running, you know, sophisticated strategies across derivatives on chain aren't really active on chain right now because the liquidity isn't there to support them. The, the users active on chain right now are smaller, like what we just consider retail participants, like people like you and me that want you know to borrow to pursue this like nft trading opportunity for example and so we're, we're catering to that archetype in the meantime when those sophisticated traders come back you know we'll be ready for it but but you can't just uh you can't just throw your like dart at a wall when you're when you have a, a product dominated by finance and say this is our target user and we're only going to build for them when interest rates are different when macro conditions are different when you know, we're in a bull market, we're in a bear market, etc. Uh, that's just like a fundamentally broken way of like going about product creation when it relies on like this financial backbone. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I, I want to cycle back to one of the things that you mentioned, you mentioned this concept of over collateralization and under collateralization, depending on which product that you you guys at margin are interfacing with, or if it's one of your own products. Can you explain for the audience of like what the difference is of being over collateralized over collateralized or under collateralized for especially for like the lending sphere and like why is that good or bad depending on which circumstance you're you're involved in yeah for sure so yeah yeah i mean i think i like to come back to the to the basics here right um why does lending matter Right? Why does why do people care about lending and finance? Um, lending makes you stronger. Right? You come to the market with a hundred dollars. Right? It's what you've got in your pocket. If you can borrow some more money, you have more money to do things. Right? Now that's good. That's the good side. Right? The 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 bad side or the risk. Right? Is that you borrowed that money? That's not your money. So you need to pay that money back. And that simple concept, like it sounds so simple, right? You're just like borrowing some money from somebody, you're paying somebody back, someone else is lending you that money, they're getting paid back. That underpins like all of finance and really all of modern society, right? Um, There are a thousand use cases we can talk about, right? the difference between over collateralization and under collateralization simplified is, is really focused on the problem of figuring out how much capital is safe to lend. Right. So, cause I mean, if you think about, you know, you're going to the market again, you're borrowing some money, right? Um, if you can't pay it back, if you lose that money, right. What happens? Right? What happens to you? 
what happens to yeah, that lender whoever lent you that money right yeah right and lenders they're the ones taking on what's called credit risk right but very simply it's just like you know it's it's your friend being like hey let me borrow a few bucks and you being like all right man like are you gonna pay me back and they're like yeah yeah, yeah don't worry about it right and that risk <laughs> when you give them that money <laughs> of getting paid back that's that's credit risk right um, I, I love to, I think finance is full of these like really fancy terms, right. And they're mm -hmm. overcomplicated, um, often for, you know, for, 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 for reasons that aren't really valid or good. Um, so, you know, coming back to this problem, okay, how, how, how do you figure out how much money is safe to lend? Right. Um, you, you bring in the concept of collateral, right. And collateral is your friend borrowing money from you. And you like holding on to their phone or holding on to their bike, right? You're like, hey, like, you know, I'll lend you this this money, right? But I'm gonna hold on to your bike, your skateboard, right? Like a few books you own, um, right? And and when you when you pay me back, I'll give you back your things, right? So they give you those those items as collateral. Now the question of how much they give you relative to how much they borrow right? That's the collateralization ratio. That's where you start going, okay, is this an over collateralized loan or under collateralized loan? So really this, this isn't like, we're not talking about two different things. We're talking about a spectrum of collateralization. And at some point, right? Loans go from being under collateralized where like those books, those skateboards are worth less than how much they've borrowed, right? To over collateralized, where those books, those skateboards are worth more than what they've borrowed. Uh, to us, the the goal here is for for this borrowing and lending experience to be as seamless as possible for users, all all types of users, right? For lenders, for borrowers, uh, and the goal of any platform like MarginFi is to safely understand the risks that. Uh, you know, borrowers should be taking on the platform to maintain what's called solvency, right? So that lenders keep getting paid back um, and to understand where there should be constraints. So, you know, everything we've done, right, uh, throughout our history has played along this spectrum. And it's a constant understanding of, you know, what's, what's safe to do and a constant tension between like, we always want to give, uh, we always want to build systems that provide users with, uh, more opportunity to borrow, right? I want you to have as much money in your pocket as possible. Uh, but there's a limit and that limit is dependent on safety. Uh, and, and, and those two components, right, are competing forces that, that find a balance. Uh, you know, something maybe interesting for us to talk about is, is liquidity in Solana in general, liquidity in DeFi in general, because uh, the way we see it, right, these are like the, the main factors that are really constraining like how much leverage protocols like MarginFi can extend uh, and therefore like how good the experience of these products can be. Yeah, that, that was a, um, I, I think a, a wonderful analogy too. <laughs> uh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you that like the, um, the concepts underpinning finance when you, when you really break them down are, they tend to be fairly simple and there are real world, like sort of real world understandable analogies for them. 
Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize this though, right? So uh, I am far from an expert, but Edgar, I actually started my career at Goldman as well. Uh, I, I worked in a oh, private yeah. equity fund of funds at, at Goldman. So like okay. I sometimes take for granted some of some of the terminology that, that I'm familiar with. Uh, yeah. and, and I think part of the reason we wanted to ask some of these questions is, is to get the audience on the same page. One thing I want to note about like the, the collateralization piece is it's important regardless of where in finance you're working um, to think about, but it's especially important on chain where we want things to be permissionless and automatic, right? Uh, it's like if you lend out something with the, the wrong level of collateralization, once it's lent, once that lent, you know transaction has been executed, it's it's done, right? Like if that person yep. gets liquidated, your own, you know, and you were collateralized such that the liquidation is only going to pay back sixty percent, it's like cool. Well, you're you're screwed. That's that. That's mm -hmm. the end of it, right? Yep. Um. So so I I just want to be like really clear there about why why the over collateralization piece of margin margin fi is is important to the safety of the people participating in the system. Um, this yeah. is not financial advice, but I will disclose that like I, I have, uh, you know, tied up some, some soul with, yep. with Margin Lend. and, um, and part, and, and part of the thing that makes me comfortable with that is this over collateralization piece, right? Mm -hmm. Is, is knowing that, um, you've adequately managed the risk involved with what if, this thing doesn't yeah, it's, get paid it's back. super especially important in in like the permissionless in the permissionless world that is blockchain because like if you think of traditional finance like there are there's legal recourse that a company or a lender can take depending on you know the type of of borrow lend that actually happens there's different recourse that can actually happen but with blockchain and being permissionless that recourse is almost nothing so like the concept of being over having a a borrow lend interaction being over collateralized it makes it so it provides so much safety to the lender which really is i think one of the things that i think is is super great about margin fi is that you're providing this basically like low level safety for lenders to really help facilitate the entire interaction which is is phenomenal and i love it yeah appreciate it guys i'll actually I'll actually go a step further than you on the on the safety spectrum and say that over collateralization is not enough. We don't think it's enough. Uh, here's here's the problem with over collateralization, right? The idea of over collateralization is you always have enough tied up in the protocol that any borrowers can be paid back, right? So if a borrower takes that money they disappear, they lose it, they just don't want to pay it back. They have collateral tied up, right, in in the protocol that can be used to pay back their borrowers. Now, that sounds good. And I agree that it's a key safety component. But the the, the big problem with it is that prices of these assets are generally constantly changing, right? Uh, and obviously, you know, that's different depending on whether they're stable coins or whether they're volatile assets. Uh, but over collateralization on its own is just a mechanism to try to maintain more value in the protocol than is borrowed out, right? Uh, the key additional piece to the over collateralization is the liquidation mechanism behind the scenes, right? And I think this is, you know, when you see 
lending protocols across blockchain. Like we didn't build the first over collateralized lending protocol, you know, to ever exist, like not by far. Right. Uh, so, you know, you have to ask like, why have other over collateralized lending protocols blown up and lost lenders funds? Like, how does that happen if over collateralization is supposed to solve the problem? Right. And the answer is that they were over collateralized, right? They had these mechanisms that were supposed to keep the protocol safe, but behind the scenes, part of the automatic part of DeFi, the liquidators that were supposed to be, uh, taking bad debt off the platform, right? Paying back those loans that weren't getting paid back. They didn't move quickly enough. Uh, and because of that, the over collateralization didn't work. So, you know, margin fight is over collateralized. We have an extremely powerful risk engine behind the scenes. Uh, and I think we have done about one, one hundredth of talking about it as I'd like to, like I would, we have a lot of content that we want to push. I'm constantly trying to get more out there. Uh, but we think it's a key component of understanding like why these platforms are safe and like where the safety really comes from, right? So that when users get to their next favorite lending protocol, whether it's MarginFi or anyone else, anywhere else, right? They know the questions to ask and so they can evaluate the risk for themselves. Well, maybe, maybe I can, uh, maybe we can tease yeah. that a little <laughs> bit and, and come and come back to it in like an episode where, where we just talk about your sort of liquidation engine. But uh, because I because I do want to talk about some of like you know your product roadmap and and what else you're building and and what else you're moving toward, uh, but I would but I will say like I've read through through your docs um, to get an idea of of like how your liquidation engine is working. And for all the engineers who are listening to this, I just want to say like the, um, the the incentive management here is is really really cool. It's very it's it's very akin to to like the incentives behind an Oracle network where you're basically trying to say, Hey, we need to create an incentive system that will make it so that people will participate in this network. They will get rewards for participating in this network. And as such, we trust the system broadly enough that we can rely on this Oracle data. Right. And, and similarly, it's like your liquidation engine incentivizes people to be constantly monitoring whether or not, something needs to be liquidated. And if they're the person who provides that liquidation, they get a reward. So there's an incentive to be staying on top of it and to do it quickly and make sure that we don't, you know, uh, lose out on being over collateralized because of a massive dip in, in prices without someone being on top of it and, and executing these liquidations. So anyway, that maybe that, and by the way, you can step in and, and correct anything I said there, if it was not correct or too oversimplified, but I, but I, uh, I just wanted to give a quick teaser, um, you know, so that we didn't just say, Hey, this thing exists and then blow right past it. Um, but yeah, no, anything there you want to correct before we like <laughs> sort of move on to what's, what's coming. I think we're good there. If, if, if people have specific questions about, yeah, anything on the risk side, anything on the liquidation side, I mean, a look out for, uh, content, you know, just hop onto our Twitter at MarginFied. Um, you know, all the channels we're we're also uh, trying to write more on our Substack, but but uh, B, yeah, like come and ask us questions, and we can we can talk in depth about it. Yeah. Cool, cool. So what's uh, on the roadmap? What's coming? <laughs> like what's yeah. what's next for you guys? What are you building and really excited about moving forward? 
Yeah, I want to I want to focus on one thing first here. It's not necessarily a product, um, but it's something that uh, we're we're using to um, something we're excited about regardless. It's uh, it's essentially a points system. Uh, so you just talked about um, how one of the cool things in crypto is that everything's on chain. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, the wallets that interact with you, you know what they do. You know, you know, the entire history of the wallet. It's anonymous, it's permissionless, which is amazing. Um, but you can really quantify user actions and how they benefit or how they don't benefit uh, your individual uh, product. And so uh, we will soon be coming out with and like soon, like super soon, like we like being tested right now uh, could potentially be rolled out tonight if we wanted to. We just want to. Uh, tweak the you know make any, any before this episode airs <laughs> yeah uh, talk about but, some alpha but yeah we, nice yeah actually we just dropped yeah, it yeah, yeah. It's like, you've, <laughs> you know i'm deploying right now <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah no, we're, but we're coming is, out with i gotta finish writing the code so as soon as i'm done with meetings we're <laughs> yeah classic developer life yeah yeah but, uh, but no, we, we will be able to quantify your contribution to uh, MarginFi. We're going to make that visible. Um, and, uh, and there will definitely be some like fun things tied up to uh, the points you're accumulating. Um, so we're, we're super excited about uh, dropping that. that that's, that's like one of the things uh, I want to highlight. We are, we are about to also unveil a much larger product expansion uh, thinking past just a borrow lend. Um, and this is something really exciting. We're going to, uh, we're going to introduce some firsts for crypto once again, uh, like we did with our, um, our prime brokerage, uh, product. I'll probably save that next bigger product, which we started working on, uh, for like a proper announcement. Um, but it is going to, uh, enable the user to do things that are, that were not possible before uh in in an ecosystem with a borrow lend uh so this is this is like really exciting um uh really good utilization of spot assets but uh but yeah i, I want to focus on on the points uh first of all and one of the things with with this point structure that we're going to outline soon that, that we're going to drop soon that everyone's going to be able to access is um there's a, a team on ethereum that uh did this that it's so like one of the first teams to like do this in a more proper way. They're called Blur. They're a NFT exchange. Um, they've done an excellent job. Um, there's a team on Solana that's uh, very comparable to them. That's done also an excellent job called Tensor. Um, and uh, with Blur, what happened is these points turned into essentially a marker for uh, a following airdrop. And so a lot of users who accumulated points on the Blur exchange ended up getting a blur airdrop uh, for their contributions and, and that ignited like this frenzy of trading and activity and growth uh, both in like the blur exchange and in the token holders etc um, and uh, and that was like something that that's some, that's something that ethereum I think is, is really good at is that these teams can quickly like find a way to uh, distribute like tokens to their community uh, because essentially these users are their company. Like if these users don't use their products, their products are not valuable or not useful. Right. And so they recognize that and, and, um, 
and uh, they reward users as such. Um, this is something I think like Solana is really lacking. Uh, we have we have a lot of teams now finally that ha are are very very talented or hitting inflection points of the product. They're all pre-token. I'm talking about like Gito, Camino, Squads, Zeta, Cipher, Drift, uh, etc. There's a ton I, I just missed right there. Um, I'm I'm very excited uh, to to watch these teams hopefully pioneer something similar. Uh, I think this is something that's like really missing from Solana DeFi uh, because these these governance tokens are essentially rewarding your strongest users. They're they're rewarding users that want to take initiative direction within your protocol. Um, they are a form of governance, so like users have a direct say into your product creation, ideation, roadmap, etc. Uh, and this is something like people get very, very excited about, uh, like people were extremely excited when uni dropped the token, uh, you know, when sushi tried to vampire attack uni, you know, that was a huge drama, you know, compound token, Ave token, you know, et cetera, like all these blue chips that we know that have just, you know, aggregated these, these big moats and like people trust them and use them, et cetera. You know, tokens are really like the fuel to the fire for that, for, for a lot of these teams. That's something that, um, yeah, Solana, I think, is like finally poised to hit. Ethereum went through this, uh, for, for people that, that aren't familiar, it went through this stage where there was this time in 2017 where people were dropping these like really bad tokens, like predatory tokens, and it was like to vaporware products that no one used. And there was, it was called this ICO hype in 2017. And like very, like nothing essentially came out of that. It was like an experimentation phase on Ethereum, but then 2018 came around and then that's when like a lot of these solid DeFi uh, protocols that, that I previously mentioned uh, started building and launching and, and like accumulating users and, and tokens shortly followed. Um, I think uh, the 2021, 2000, a little bit of 2022 uh, was like that 2017 ICO hype cycle uh, on Ethereum on Solana. I think that's, that's kind of like what happened. And, uh, and so currently, you know, people have the same sort of mind in many ways, like past the Solana walls, people have the same sort of mindset about Solana that they do about Ethereum at that time in, in like early 2018, late 2017, where it's like, oh, it's all these tokens that aren't useful. These projects don't do anything. You know, it's just a cash grab. I think we're finally hitting the 2018 era of Ethereum here in 2023 on Solana, where again, the, the, the Gito, Camino, Drift, Cypher, Zeta, uh, squads, et cetera, margin Phi are, are hitting that inflection point with their product. Like Gito a while back now surpassed like 20% of the network squads surpassed like hundred million in, in assets managed like months ago. Uh, like these teams are, are, are hitting stride. Uh, and all of these teams, again, like don't have any sort of governance, uh, governance token associated with them yet uh including us and so uh that's something that i think is going to turn a lot of heads when that switch gets flipped on uh that's something that we've been we've been pushing like externally we've been pushing internally it's something i think the ecosystem needs uh, and when you connect that with uh, a chain solana a blockchain solana that has you know over 70 percent of its network stake to validators which is equivalent to about like 6 billion US dollars. Um, 
and, and a lot of like very invested parties and interests, like invested in the long term uh, here. Uh, I think that creates like a perfect storm where, you know, coming a change in, in, you know, this bull market that we're into a bear market coming a change in the low interest rates we say, see on chain to higher interest rates on chain, uh, a change in t like really solid teams without a token to now launching tokens. Um, I think there's a lot of asymmetry there. And I think that's something a lot of teams should really think about and push on because like now's the time to make that, that switch. Uh, so, so that's like my, uh, sort of extended caveat to the point structure that we're, we're about to launch uh, is that I hope it's not just us and I don't think it is going to just be us. Uh, and there's a lot of teams where we're kind of positioned around that we're excited about. So it sounds like, it sounds like you, um, you feel very strongly that uh, these protocols and, and companies need to create tokens. And I can, I definitely can see what you're saying about like rewarding your users, giving them some say in product direction through tokenization. I think that is a huge benefit. I want to ask a question that kind of relates to something Edgar mentioned early in the call, which was, which was like, you know, everything in finance is kind of about like, can we get this benefit while mitigating the risk? Like there's always, there's both an upside and a downside always. And we obviously want to find a way to asymmetrically limit risk while maintaining the upside. I feel like the, the risk of, of everybody producing tokens is something you actually just said, right? Which is like just a bunch of shit coins that like, yeah. you know, maybe don't have uh, the, the, weight behind them to actually benefit people yeah. and not everyone is sophisticated enough to know the difference and to and to sort of steer clear of of things that are are not helpful and yeah. and while simultaneously like effectively utilizing uh tokens that are out there i'm curious if you have any ideas for like a system to help people navigate that or if it really you know just comes down to people like you know, learning more and doing their yeah, research, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I think like quickly first, a lot of teams, um, a lot of teams need to like a token is a necessity, not some sort of benefit. Uh, especially like when you, when you dip into the realm of like DeFi, which is like decentralized finance, permissionless finance, which is like this community governed financial primitive, uh, there needs to be an instrument for the community to govern it with. Right. And so um, that's super, super essential. Like these, these aren't just like nice to haves. They're kind of need to haves. And, and what teams have been doing is, is getting to that point uh, because, you know, any, any sort of project needs to be kickstarted. Um, but, but like the second part of your question, I mean, uh, one, like you, you got to be in the arena. Like you got to know anytime you, you interact with, with margin by like, I want you to know what you're interacting with. I want you to know like what you're, what you're doing. Uh, and if you're, and if you don't, uh, you know, hit our telegram or, you know, ask us some questions and we'll answer that. And I'm sure all the teams I mentioned will, will do that as well. So come and inform. Um, but like zooming out, like that's just, uh, that's finance in general, right? Like you're not going to come into the stock market and know exactly what's going to happen a week from now with, you know, Apple stock or Tesla stock, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and governance tokens are very much different than that in the sense that they're, 
they're uh, again these like decentralized tools to govern a pro product. They're not these. Um, they they don't embody a lot of the things that you see uh, across like the traditional finance space. Um, so so like come like coming in with that evolved mindset, I think um, that'd be like my my quick answer. I'm interested if Edgar has anything there as well. Totally totally agree. Um, yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think that's a good a good like stopping stopping point more or less i i totally agree that uh it's like from a user perspective it's all it's almost like the the default when a when coming to a new protocol is like i don't trust this and it's on the builders to sort of flip flip that default i don't trust this to i do trust this right um and and i and you know for what it's worth i feel like margin has done a done a great job at that um you know i i, I already mentioned that earlier it's like i'm I'm, I'm there with you guys. There's look, there's a ton more I'd love to talk to you guys about. Uh, I, I, you know, if we can have you guys on again some other time and maybe we can have some like very targeted discussions about specific things like, you know, Edgar, you just were bringing up sort of the, you know, you mentioned democratizing passive wealth and it's like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, maybe we need an episode where we just talk yeah. about the why behind DeFi, right? Like, like where it's like, we're not, we're not even talking about specific products. We're just talking about why does DeFi matter and why should people care, you know, cause, uh, sort of almost like level setting for, for audiences here so that we all know what we're talking about before we talk specifics. Um, but if I'm being honest, DeFi is what is what got me excited about blockchain, right? Um, the sorts of products that you guys are building are the things that sort of made me realize that blockchain isn't just a fun technology that's like fun to explore, but it actually has really meaningful use cases that can that can really change uh, lives and 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 global systems, right? Um, so thank you know thanks to both of you for for what you guys are are working on and building. Uh, I am really excited to see the new products that you come out with. I love your mindset around like, we want to solve problems that exist right now. We're not just like only working toward the thing the five years from now, right? It's like, we want to solve a problem today. Uh, that's, I think that's super awesome. Yeah. I agree with all that. Yeah. That. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Cool. Yeah. Thanks awesome, a lot for coming. Guys. Well, it was great to meet you both. Um, any any last minute you know shills you want to make before we sign off? Uh, just watch out for mar margin five points dropping very soon. Soon, TM. Uh, awesome. So very much. Stay tuned there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Very yeah. Very hands on. Love it. Love it. Well, cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate it again to all the listeners. Bye -bye. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next week.